Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Jackie. And I'm Stacy. I wonder how many times we've said that. Whole 240 two times. Plus all our morning shows. Oh, plus the morning shows. So like close to 300 probably. Easy. So cool. Okay. It feels like a lot more than that if, I, if I'm honest. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome, you guys. We're so glad you're here, and we are, I, I mean, I, I'm just, like, shook. I'm shook. I'm straight up shook, girl. We are at the end of our fifth season of this thing we call a podcast, and I'm, I'm continued to be obnoxiously broken record-y about the fact that I'm grateful for it. So here we are being <laughs> grateful, and um, we're talking in this little series we have going on right now. We did all the types of health, and now we're talking about wholeness. Our topic is wholeness in the month of September 2023, and we are talking about wholeness as it relates to our close relationships. And so we've had some good conversations, and I think one of the things we're discovering about wholeness is it's really hard to nail down. It's so big. It's so big. And I think we thought when we chose the topic, and listen, like we don't always get it right, but we still have interesting conversations, right? Yeah. So like some of, honestly, some of our some of the favorite conversations we've had have been topics where I'm like, this is not going to be interesting, you know? And then some of the times we pick something I think is going to be so interesting and the conversations are, like, not very deep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, in this one, like, wholeness is such a giant word. And I think one of the things we'll, – I, I will share this and then I'm going to let you go, but um, – let you go? I don't know what that Bye. Means. Bye. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Um, <laughs> um, so in the first half of my life, and we talk occasionally about the Enneagram around here. Mm. Um, so I am a two. A two is the helper. The helper is famously unaware of their own needs. And what they say about the helper, the number two, they, there's another word for it sometimes uh, other than the helper. And I can't think of it right now, but if I do, I'll let you know. But uh, the helper, the two can walk into a coffee shop and tell you within like 30 seconds, that guy over there is lonely. That gal is sad because she's waiting for a drink. That person's on the phone. She's mad at her boyfriend. They can tell you everything about all the people in the room and how they're feeling because they're constantly aware of everyone else's needs and emotions, but they're very unaware of their own needs and emotions. Mm. And that is ridiculously accurate for me for the first half of my life. I didn't even know, like, I mean, there's so many funny stories about, like, people close to me, like, well, you're cold. I'm like, I'm not cold. I'm fine. No, you're cold. Like, here's a blanket. Oh, yeah, I was cold. Like, I had no idea. I could not Mm -hmm. even identify physical things about myself because I was so not in touch with my own needs and emotions and thoughts. And um, that's a really, I don't know, interesting way to go through life. Um... But you you do, I think, tend to try to ingratiate yourself to other people and become um, really important to them because of what you do for them, which is not always the healthiest mm-hmm. thing. You know, sometimes that's called codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can tell the story about how I started to learn this about myself maybe in my late 20s. 
and um, started to kind of investigate it a little bit. And as I was investigating it, I, it was the beginning of Amazon was when Amazon was just books, right? And so I would like find a book on Amazon about codependency and I'd put it in my cart and then find another book and I'd put it in my cart. And then one day somebody accidentally ordered the whole cart and I got like 75 books on codependency <laughs> in the mail. <laughs> And I read every single one of them and fixed myself, and here we are. Yep. <laughs> no, but anyways, um, so, but what I'm thinking about, one of the things about wholeness is, and this has been a journey for me, is like learning your interior stuff and trying to connect it with your exterior stuff. Mm. And so it's this work of becoming more fully who you are, more whole, more holy me. <laughs> more H-O-L-Y, maybe me, more W-H-O-L-L-Y, more completely who God made me to be. Like, who am I in my wholeness? It's different than who Stacy is in her wholeness. I don't know. What do you think, Stace? Well, I was thinking about the Enneagram, too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a Enneagram 1 who, I don't know what the name of that one is. So. The, the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels very accurate. <laughs> Yes. And I would say that when you were talking about like knowing what everyone else is feeling, yeah, I always assume what everyone else is feeling mm. and I'm mad about it. Mm. I think that's like when you were saying that, I was like, ooh, but I don't know why I'm mad about it. Because you know, they I say know why. Anger. Oh, because it's not right. Mm. Or why? Why? Tell I, me I why. Maybe, maybe. Why? But I think it's, uh, you can tell me. Okay, tell uh-huh. me if I'm wrong. It's a little. little little counseling session. I think because at some deep level, you want to help be there and fix and solve and you can't. So you feel resentful of them for having feelings that you can't fix. Maybe. No. Maybe. Ooh, no, that didn't resonate because you'd well, be crying know. right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that didn't yeah, land. To some, to some extent. Okay. Maybe. Okay. But I think that as an Enneagram one who leans, you can kind of like lean to one number or the other, or they call that the wing, the wing right? Mm-hmm. And so I wing to two because yeah. I do want to be the helper. Yeah. But I think it comes off as the controller more right. than it does with anything. Whereas I'm thinking, well, I just want to help you or I want to find out why something's going on. And um, But if they feel like you want to fix them. One, yes. Which is what the one does. Yeah. The one Enneagram the, wants yeah. to fix mm-hmm. everything. Perfect. And kind of set things right or whatever. Yeah. And... Um, what I was thinking about is that oftentimes I know that I am upset about something, yeah, but I don't really know what? why. Uh, so I think the similar thing vein there is not knowing thyself. Know thyself, right? Is maybe a similar between you and baseline me baseline there. Well, but I, I am know. a two with a one. I, pardon me. I was a one wing the first half of my life, and that's what they say too. Your wing switches about halfway through your life. No way. Yeah, first half oh, of your I life. I could be this. I could switch over to being peaceful. Yeah, the nine, the peacemaker. The correct. Peacemaker. That's what generally people somewhere oh. around the middle of their lives they switch oh. from their wing, one wing to the other. You guys, and that's totally six true. Years, of me. Six yeah, <laughs> I switched from, um, yeah, from perfectionist to the achiever. Wow. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. There you have it. But okay, so let's talk about um, on the morning show this last week. I was saying one one parenting tip that's just like an easy thing is if you want to encourage some certain behavior, all you have to do is talk about it. And um, 
So I'm wondering, I guess, how do we talk about wholeness with our kids? How do we, you know, because if we're talking about close relationships, our kids are some of the closest mm-hmm. ones to us. So what would you say to your kid if they're like, Mom, what is wholeness? Why are you talking about wholeness? Why does that matter? What would you say? Well, here's what I want to do to myself right now is that there are some areas that I do well and that I, and it's sometimes I want to study how did I do that in order to transfer it over here where I don't think I'm doing well. Okay. But I think I can apply the same principles. When we talked about physical health, I talked about um, something my mom would always like talk badly about her body and herself, like about friendships, not being able to like have friends and like her body that she was overweight or fat or so she would use these words. Right. And I tried not to use those words. And so I felt success. I, I do <gasps> feel successful. Let's celebrate that. Wait, let's stop. Yeah. Yay. Yes, Good exactly. Job. So I feel successful in the way that I've spoken about my body. Nice. I having identified a way I didn't want it to go. Right. And a way that I do want it to go, which is um, kind of like what you're suggesting is saying, I've been praying for, you know, I pray for my kids to be healthy and strong. Healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I don't have like a scale in my house. I don't ever say bad things about my body. I mean, probably I do every now and again. Who knows? But I'm really, really cognizant right. about yes. saying, like, reframing my language. Love it so much. Like Jackie I'm so said. Proud of you. But it's really interesting that I could be really aware of it in one way and in other ways, not so much. Huh. And so, like, in this topic of wholeness, you said, like, what would I talk about with yeah. my kids? Yeah. And I think part of it is just transferring that similar thing. Like, how do I want to be? And it's like, well, here's what I do pray is that about wholeness mm. is that I feel healthy and strong also. Yeah. Right? And it's it kind of the same, but I think I'm in my mindset is different in that I think, oh, I'm not good at all the things yet because I'm the perfectionist. Mm. I'm not good at every single thing, so I can't possibly be whole. And really reframing that language with my kids, which totally. is we are whole now. Yes. And part of wholeness is knowing that we are adaptable. Yeah. And that we can change and grow. And when something else flies at us tomorrow, that's a tough thing. You know, maybe we're going to fly off the handle and then we're going to recenter and then we'll be able to make some decisions about how we want to proceed. Yeah. Based on what our value systems are. I love it. Like what we've said before in the last couple episodes is like integrity. And really, I got this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Is being, having your words and actions being in alignment with what you believe correct and so i think this is in close relationships what's difficult for me is that i put on my people my kids my friends my partners my family or whatever my close relationships Mm. i think i put on them what i think that they should believe or how i think they should be rather than helping them to develop what their value is what their personal beliefs are what their so where do you think that comes are, from? Is that fear? I don't I don't know if I've really thought about it out in the open will, like this as much. I will tell you, for me, sure. when I find myself doing that, it does come from a place of fear. It comes mm-hmm. from a place of fear that my kids won't represent me some certain way that I think mm-hmm. I should be represented, which then ultimately I think of, and this is definitely something I've had to struggle with, is kind of enmeshment. Like having to separate my identity. Like if my kid shows up, um, 
I don't know, with a swastika tattoo on his forehead. I mean, it's a terrible example. I would obviously be mortified, right? And also, that is not reflective of me. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we as moms are so enmeshed with, we spend so much of our lives trying to figure out how to love our kids and train them and, and really create them like they're our own personal like mm-hmm. robots. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that when there's something that doesn't reflect us on us well, I think we are enmeshed with that. Mm-hmm. And then that fear comes in that if someone sees that, they're going to judge me. And, and, and sometimes maybe it's a different fear. Like, okay, if you go down that road, you're going to get hurt. Or if you go down that road, you're going to be sad. Or there's there's different fears too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is like, but maybe they're not going to be successful or be happy or be healthy or whatever if they do all that stuff or if they believe that thing. And I don't even know if I've really thought about it, but I, it's like, I'm always trying to protect them. Like... I, I had this conversation with my daughter too. I said, I know I've spent a lot of your life like, stop, hold on. Like, don't step out into the street because there's a car coming and you don't see the car. And I said, I'm still doing that. Yeah. Even though you, you have to be able to look out for cars now. Right. You know what I mean? In a very and different making way. making that transition is so hard. And like shifting that whole thing yeah. over is like, well, I think I've done everything that I can do here. And right by the time I recognize it, it's usually a little bit too late because they've been pushing back for quite a while. And one of those was um, like clothing. I was controlling my daughter's clothing a lot. And last year at some point, I don't know when it was, um, just one day I was like, I, I, all of a sudden I saw it. Yeah. I just didn't see it before yeah. because I wanted to protect her from like sexual predators, you guys, and gross people looking at her yeah. body. Yeah. And for her to be able to decide. And one day I just looked at her, I said, nobody else can control what you're going to do and yeah. say and wear, including me. Yeah. And that was like, what? It was such a shock to me. Not a shock, but it was like, it, finally I saw it. Finally that's, I heard. That's that individuating. You know, me needing to say, this is on you now. Yeah. You have to get to decide. And only you get to decide. I don't even get to decide for yeah. you. Yeah. And yeah. that's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think if you're listening and you have little kids, I would just encourage you to start thinking about that now mm-hmm. and start practicing letting go of some of the control really early because then it gets easier because it is hard when you've controlled everything for a long time. It, it's really hard to let go. But if you practice little bits, mm-hmm. it's easier to do in small sections. Yeah. And it's just, to me, it's weird. It's weird because I think everybody is so unique. Yeah, for sure. Like there's some ways... I have never once done my kids' homework with them. Yeah, you're Not right. Not even once, ever. Yeah. yeah. Never, ever. Yeah. They go to they went to Spanish school for nine years each. And everyone's like, how did you do that? I said, it's simple. I'm not in third grade. They're in third grade. Yeah, that's so it's interesting. It's so weird how, like, in some ways I have just, you're on your own, yeah. kids. Yeah. And other ways I think I need more input or something they haven't learned from me. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But we're, I think we're all like that. All yeah, and I think in some ways it's just, it's like things that we like, even just our preferences and things throughout life. Like yep. who knows why we like this or like that? Yep. Who knows why we want to control that? I don't care at all about that. It's but being so aware of it and listening to the people we love and allowing them to tell us when something doesn't feel right to them. Mm-hmm. I think respecting that. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, respecting, because 
it can be easy yeah. to tell our kids, well, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. You know, where yeah. instead of just listening to them and letting them feel heard and, um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things I read at some point when my kids were younger is around age, I think they said 11, try to shift your conversations from telling to asking. And, um, I don't know that it's like a perfect solution, but I think it is a nice way to kind of shift to like, Hey, what are you gonna do after school today? Instead of you need to do your homework, you know, Mm -hmm. or what are you thinking about how you're going to get your homework done tonight? Or, you know, how are you going to approach your water intake today? So you don't get thirsty or, you know, like asking questions instead of telling is a, is a nice way to transition into the releasing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that somewhere and it really, it, that did help me. I'm not always perfect at it, but it helps. So, so then we'll switch over to like, what about another, we're talking about parenting here. Yeah. And I think some of what we've just said applies to, um, like a romantic partnership, that type of thing. Yeah. Is very similar, like um, something mm. for me has been a little more like um, uncovering that I think I sort of demand love a little bit. And we talked about this maybe in the last couple of months, I can't remember, probably in relational health on our series on relational health. <laughs> probably. Um, mm. Is paying attention to what I'm di- like, I, first of all, identifying what, who I, what I want and need. But then allowing the other person to either do it or not, I guess. Like, that's tough. Well, it's not, I don't know which part's tough about it, I guess. Is saying, well, but you're my partner now, so you should be doing all the things that I told you I wanted you to do. (laughs) Where do do those expectations come from? Do you think, like, I don't, I, we have talked about this before too, but like historically and in the world at large, right? They, they don't, people don't have those romantic expectations of marriage partners. Um, so is it movies? Is it? I don't know. Is country it music. Country that's music? what we said. Is yeah. It, Who knows? Is it our parents? I mean. Definitely not my parents. Definitely not my parents. Not my parents. I don't know. Maybe it's. Um, is it in us? Is it just part of. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. I just how I don't would think you I can like isolate speak to it. this. I don't think I can isolate it, and yeah. I don't. I just don't feel like I can speak to this yeah. part at all. Yeah. Except I did want to bring up the subject of huga. Huga. It's a Danish word that okay. I'm likely butchering. You can ask my Danish family. It's spelled H Y G G E. Okay. And it's huga. You have to get the in there. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but it, there's not a great translation for it into English except for wholeness, contentment. It's really a feeling of contentment, like kind of peace. If you could mesh all those words together, like a little bit of peace, a little bit of contentment, just like um, the absence of lack, right? Yes. That's the word of oh, the description gosh. of huga. We're just... Uh, uh, and that's kind of like the Danish, um, I, don't, I don't know how to say this because like I think maybe the country has like a Catholic or Christian background, but I would say that that's like the goal of Danish people is just to have huga every day and just some like discontentment and calm and peace around 
relationships and their situation and their lives. And so I think about that in this topic of wholeness. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, we've talked about this before too, but um, I, I credit even Boss Camp with helping me to develop just that habit of because um of gratitude mm-hmm. because gratitude really is the starting place of contentment mm-hmm. right and if you literally can just like look for things to be grateful for then the rest of it just kind of goes away and i i mean i started training my brain that way 20 years ago and it makes such a difference I don't know, maybe maturity and age help too, but... Um, but it's a practice. It's a it's practice. A, and if we say, oh, you know, for me, I can... I'm just going to stop having expectations of my close relationships that are me just putting something on them. It's yeah. just kind of unrealistic. Like what... Um, That's one thing. But if I say I'm going to practice daily having gratitude for these relationships... I love that. Looking for it's ways very different to be grateful than, for... Yeah. Like, I'm just going to stop being resentful and bitter. That's hard. That's not, yeah. you know, I'm always looking for, okay, well, how do I do that thing? Right, I know. Um, how do I reduce expectations? And I think part of it is to look around and be like, I'm grateful for these things, Don't and I'm grateful for this. And in relationships that you have choice in, stepping back if you're not, if you don't have a lot of gratitude for that, yeah. you know, that's yeah. okay too. That's okay too. And to have gratitude for the time that you do have or you did have in the past. And gratitude for some realization, then that's not really what you want. Yeah. Or it's not what they want. Yeah. To continue forward with. Yeah. You know, that's, it It sounds very mature when yeah. I say it right now. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I, I always think about, too, you know, it's easier with people further away from us. But, but we, if we really can decide, like, who I am is my own business. It's nobody else's business. And who they are is not my business. Even my kids, even my husband, even, sorry, I'm banging on the table. Um, I mean, they just get to be who they are and, and I get to love them exactly that way. And, um, yeah, I think if you really can, can focus on those things to be grateful for and, um, yeah, and think that way. Think about yourself as an autonomous being, you know, because I, I was thinking, I don't know how this relates. Let me see if I can make this relate. But um, Glennon Doyle tells that story. I use, I've use i told it a hundred times on the podcast of being at the mall with her tiny children and she's feeding them McDonald's french fries and the lady at the table next to her is feeding her kids like this perfect healthy lunch. I don't even know what it was. That she like packed and brought with her. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and Glennon's saying, why are you feeding your kids healthy food at me? you know and and like she she just had this moment where she realized you can't think that way like um and that was really that was that was a shift in my brain when I first heard that I was probably 30 and I was like oh yeah what other people are doing has nothing to do with me Mm -hmm. guess what it literally has nothing to do with me and so I learned I've been learning that and I feel like I've learned that pretty well but now you've got to bring that in by concentric circles the same is true for our kids your close people yeah Mm -hmm. but that's harder way harder way harder I don't know why I don't know why I think that everybody's doing everything at me I don't know where that really stems from. I think we all do, though, Stace. It's not just you. Yeah. yeah I think that's totally normal. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it's totally normal. Um, 
but identifying it and just deciding like is that is it okay that I think that way is that how I want to feel or is mm-hmm. that not and maybe it is totally okay with you and then guess what you get to do that <laughs> like, it's not okay with me I don't want to it okay. doesn't make me feel good well and in that's so. and, and, and I think also some of your close people are telling you it doesn't make them feel good mm-hmm. and so and so that's where you have to start to ask yourself like what am I afraid of or what am I what am I trying to hold on to mm-hmm. right I yeah. Yeah. I think... What am I afraid of? I know the answer to that, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to start crying. Yeah. I, I think um, there have been some... Th- it's hard It's hard to talk about specific things when it has to do with people close to you because then you want to honor those people too, right? And so I can think of some specific situations with my kids where um, I the very thing that I was at some level afraid of releasing because of of that thing did happen. Mm-hmm. Did happen. Yeah. Like it really did. And and here we are. We're okay. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. So well I guess I could I could talk about like we didn't die when my sixteen year old got a um tattoo. Yeah. We didn't die, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody died. Nobody died. Um yep. so it wasn't of a swastika on the forehead. Though, no, just to be clear. <laughs> just to be clear, that we would be having removed. Just to be clear. Be, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so if we're gonna kind of bring this around, this giant, huge topic of yeah. wholeness, how how do we show up whole in close relationships? And the answer is, mm. we are. Yeah, we are. We are. Because this is our wholeness. This is part of us. Is saying like what you said earlier is is showing up it's we're we're talking about it and we just want to be able to show up with each other authentically and allow the other to show up as they are however they are not requiring too much of them or asking too much of them yeah so the via con dios for today you guys i wish you could see stacy because she's like my hands are like evil yeah. This is the maybe the easiest one we've ever done. Oh, good. Okay. All I want you to do yes. with me mm-hmm. is I want you to Google the word huga <laughs> and then try to <laughs> say it out loud. How do you spell huga? It's I think I want H Y G G E. H U G Y G G E. All I can think of is huga 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 huga. I don't even know. like what is that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm not Danish. No, it's not a Danish song. No, it's not good. <laughs> okay, okay. So I will Google it. it. I want to find Just out more. Just Google it yeah. and find I'm out in. a little bit of um, okay. some Danish wisdom of finding contentment through gratitude for Love just it. showing up as you are.